Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting-edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, that's good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Yeah. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is James P. Friel. I am super excited to have you with us today, as always. So today, uh, we have the pleasure of having a couple with us. Uh, I think we've done this once or twice before. Um, it's always fun for me uh, to talk with a husband and wife who are building a business together and see the uh, triumphs and challenges that go along with that. But before I introduce Natasha and Rich, I definitely want to make sure you know, as always, my bearded, handsome, British accent co-host from the United Kingdom is joining me today. Dean Holland, how are you? <laughs> I am sensational. I'm excited for this one, actually, because I can't quite recall last time we had a couple on. I think we either counseled them and brought them closer together or they left divorced. I'm <laughs> quite, not quite sure which one it was. <laughs> I guess we'll see. It's, it's just like the, the toss of a coin, really. Yeah, we'll see what happens I feel that's today. what we do here. You know? Yeah, we we uh, we live on the edge. So Natasha and Rich, I hope you're uh, I hope you're up for this, and God uh, God bless with whatever happens at the outcome of this show. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> so it's uh, it's great to have you guys, uh, Natasha and Rich Hazlett, doing amazing things. You guys have a super cool story, and I don't want to give everything away. I want to get into it. But how are you guys today? We're doing great. Awesome. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm, I'm jealous. I've got trumpet envy. I, I can tell you already. <laughs> You're not the first person to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it's a special trumpet for a very special man, and I don't mean that in the loving way. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I, you guys are have started an entire movement, um, unstoppable influence. It, it's absolutely amazing what you guys are doing for, you know, for your clients and for women and just like the way you've approached your, your business is, I think it's super cool. And I want to get into that, but before I do it, I think it's important that everybody knows you guys were not always entrepreneurs. Like we've had people on this show who, when I asked them how they got started as an entrepreneur, they're like, well, the second I, you know, came out of my mother's womb, I started selling things. (laughs) And, uh, and and that, but that's not necessarily the story with you guys. You guys had like you know very successful corporate careers, and I'm hoping you could tell us a little bit about what your background is. But then, what on earth caused you to jump into the craziness of being an entrepreneur? <laughs> well, I th- let me just jump in here first because I actually was always an entrepreneur. I mean, I had a car wash business when I was you know 12 and mowed oh, lawns and did here all this. James, can you do the fact check before you begin the show next time? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I guess my facts are wrong. It's absurd. I mean, but but I mean, like, but the reality is, against my DNA, I did go into the corporate world because that was what I was on the path to do by going to college, and and so I. But the thing is, I always had a side gig going on. The enti- I mean, literally the entire time I had a job for fourteen years in the corporate world, I was always doing something else. I mean, there might have been like a 
six month period where I was thinking about what I was going to do. I married Natasha and, and uh, when we started dating, we, we had about six months where we weren't in business together. And then I just dragged her into the entrepreneurial space. Well, I mean, I don't even know what we used to talk about before we started in our business, but so what'd you do? You didn't even tell him what you did. Well, uh, all right. So he just said he started a car wash when he was in diapers. That's what we know. <laughs> um, well, so when I got out of school, I started working for an ad agency and, 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 and during that time, I was also in a partnership with my uh, boss of the ad agency to try to market a, uh, we got the, the, the worldwide exclusive marketing rights to uh, promote a vertical jump machine that uh, I was a high jumper in college. So we, uh, we, I met this guy that was a world record holder, uh, an Olympian in the pole vault, and he had created this machine that helped people have a, a better vertical jump. So, you know, I spent the first couple of years of my advertising career also trying to promote that business, uh, which didn't end up panning out. But um, so, you know, then I, after working for several years, I had a few dips uh, of, of the toe into the water of the network marketing space. And then uh, but that, who'd you work with in advertising? He has like an impressive client list. <laughs> well, He's I mean, always- whatever. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for him to start pitching us on his network marketing opportunity. <laughs> this, I, this I can already see we've started to drive a wedge between these two already now. I like this. <laughs> you think this one's going to end in divorce, do you, Dean? I, I'm just going that way. I can see it already. <laughs> so, well, anyway, so what, what what happened was after when I met Natasha, I had, I had been working in a network marketing company and I, fi- I had sworn it off after like the last time that I'd done it. I was like, I don't want to get back in that. I, I got to figure out something else. And so I'll let Natasha kind of pick up the slack. So basically he was an <laughs> advertising exec for 15 years working with huge brands, um, FedEx, International Paper, Mazzola, all that good stuff. And for me, um, I did not come out of my mother's womb knowing I was going to be an entrepreneur. i actually didn't even know I had entrepreneurial DNA. Arguably, I maybe still don't. But I I followed my dad's footsteps and went to law school, mainly because I discovered that I would be making absolutely no money and eating ramen noodles for six years if I wanted to go into advertising in Dallas, which is where I was living at the time. And so I decided that I better have a plan B because I like purses and nice purses and nice shoes. So I so does, so does Dean actually. I don't know if you guys have <laughs> had a chance to catch up on that. I'm offline. It's motivation, <laughs> right? <laughs> so so I um so I decided that my dad told me that I could stay on the payroll if I went to law school. So I just opted for that. I decided to defer adulting for another four or another three years. And so um when I got out I started practicing law because I didn't have anything else to do. And um, and I kind of remember the oh God moment when I, like probably two years in, when I was watching this gray haired partner walk into his office and I was like, oh my gosh, is this going to be me for like the next 40 years? Like this is horrible. So I didn't know what else I could do, but I just knew that law- lawyering was not what I was supposed to do. And then fortunately, Rich came into my life and accidentally mentioned something about how he was at someone's grand opening party. And I was like, for a what? He's like a home-based business. I was like, what? And so I started 
researching it on the interwebs. And I actually pulled him into it because he had sworn it off. And I was like, no, this is it. I can sit in my pajamas and I can (laughs) make money um, in a home-based business. We have to do this. And so he finally agreed. And uh, then we were off to the races. So that was your guys, was your guys network marketing thing that you were doing at that time successful? Did you, did you, did you do well with that? Yeah, it was a little bit. We had lots of uh, failures, but, but then we, we did kind of figure out internet. That's when we learned, like it was 2007. That's when we came online and started learning internet marketing stuff. But I mean, it wasn't like a sustainable long-term thing, but we got up to like, you know, between affiliate marketing and, and doing, doing our travel business. I mean, we were making, you know, like maybe a few thousand dollars a month. And so we, we would work, we would go to work at our jobs and then we'd literally come home from like, you know, seven to one in the morning and just work learning how to, you know, Natasha was doing blogging. I was doing PPC like back in the Google AdWords day, AdWords days. And, you know, we would just do that like every night and our, our, all our friends and family thought we were crazy. They're like, why are you spending all this time? Like you guys have great jobs like, what are you doing? You know, they, so they couldn't really figure out what our problem was, but we were infected with the entrepreneurial uh, <laughs> bug. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is so, all right. So, so I didn't know about your side hustles and, you know, washing cars when you were a kid, but I did, I did suspect that at some point you guys had this transition period where you're trying to, you know, maybe make the full-time move to be an entrepreneurs. And it sounds like that's, that's what this period of time was. So what, what was the, what was the driving force? Like, you know, cause I think, uh, you know, at least the people on this, on this show today all experienced something like that. What was your guys motivation for working from 7 PM to 1 AM every night? Like, what was it? Was it money? Was it freedom? Like what, what caused you to put in that ridiculous amount of effort when everybody else said it was unreasonable? Uh, for us, I think it was, or at least for me, definitely it was freedom. I didn't, you know, I did not like going into a job and having to be there and having to like, at this time, like, like right now on a day like this, I would be sitting in a boardroom getting yelled at by fortune 500 clients. Uh, you know, that's not what I want to do. I don't want to spend my days for the rest of my life doing that. So I like, I just knew that, that I was willing to do whatever it took to, to get free from that. Mine was for freedom too, for sure. I mean, lawyers, we bill, our our life is segmented into tenths of an hour. And that, if you've ever gone through a day and measured your day in six minute increments, it is like torture. (laughs) It's horrible. (laughs) And so I like the, the concept of doing that for like 40 years, it was just, it was just, it was just too much. That was, that was gonna be torture. Now it can't it can't be any worse than my having to appear on this show with Dean on a regular basis. <laughs> he says that, but this is like the highlight. I hear that he gets all giddy in the morning when he wakes up for this. Show. <laughs> it's true. I'm glutton for punishment. <laughs> so, uh, so, so what was the what was the big break for you guys? You know, here, how long did this whole like you know hustling into the wee hours of the morning go on for? Well, let's see, a couple of years, uh, and then we had a, a setback because Natasha received a an email from the compliance or the, the lawyer that was running the company. The compliance team, they had, they had gotten in trouble for something, and they decided, no, we don't want anyone marketing on the internet. So they gave me, y'all, 48 hours. They said, first of all, you're not allowed to do internet marketing for the company anymore to promote the business, which was horrible because 
I was an abysmal failure at offline strategies. I mean, we bought a billboard on the side, or we rented a billboard on the side of the road. We got traffic, but it wasn't exactly the right kind. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was bad. So, so internet marketing was our way that we were going to do this. And they also told me that I have 48 hours to delete all of the content I had ever put out on the interwebs for the past 18 months or my position with the company would be terminated. So that was a huge setback. And I, I took it like a champ and I quit. <laughs> I quit our business and Rich kept going on because he's a rock star like that. And uh, we came back online and we started doing our own uh, digital training program. And um, about how long ago, then like about a year and a half after that, I was able to retire from my law gig. And Rich had already was already working full time in our business. Now, things have really started to explode ever since um, we started uh, launching Unstoppable Influence. So it's definitely been ups and downs. I'm sure y'all know nothing about that, right? No, I, I, I don't know about Dean, but I know my my path has just been a straight vertical ascent. There's never been any <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nobody's was getting perfect, and then I met James. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, Dean's is in a nosedive now. So, uh, so, so that's interesting though. So you guys, you guys pivoted, you were like, okay, you know, whatever, you don't want us to do this internet marketing stuff, but you'd figured something out. And throughout the course of figuring everything out, you started actually sharing what had made you guys get to a certain level with your own clients. And, and, uh, if I'm not mistaken, you guys have worked with, you know, lots of people at this point, but one, one person in particular, you helped her business go from like 30 K a year to almost 200k in a month is that is that right or did i get my facts wrong dean do you want to check me on this <laughs> <laughs> it's somewhat accurate how about it's more like uh 225,000 in a month she's at over she's done over a million uh in less than i mean well uh, this yeah, year i think she's already year. at like 500 and or 450 right now no, in april or whatever no she's at over 500 she's more yeah. like 550 right she's at 550 <laughs> it's, it's right outrageous. now for the year yeah so yeah, I think we can just Yay. put that in the category of outrageous. We don't have to get into the numbers, can we? Which is outrageous. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, all right. So so how so what are you guys teaching over there? I want I want to drink some of that Kool Aid. <laughs> so you know, I I think the biggest thing that we helped. Um, her name's Christy Code Red. She has the Code Red Revolution, and really, it's this concept of tribe building and. Uh, creating an authentic, like a real movement. A lot of people talk about creating a movement and that they want to create a movement, but like a real movement is one where like other people agree that it's a movement. <laughs> and so she actually has a lot of like, she had a parade in her hometown, like a third of her hometown of like 3000 people are her clients. And, um, and they had a whole parade for her. And, uh, and it really is, I think that is the secret sauce. I mean, she also just does what we tell her to do. So she's an ideal client. She's amazing. <laughs> um, but I think that it really was the tribe building and creating a movement that everyone could get behind. So is that, is that sort of, is that sort of your, uh, your specialty now? Like your area of focus is teaching people how to build a really tight knit community and a movement and that sort of thing? 
Absolutely. At our higher level, that's absolutely who, what we're working uh, with people on. And um, yeah, it's those people that are like actually wanting to create, and it doesn't matter what space it is, but it's people that actually want to build a tribe um, and build a movement because that really allows you to scale your business. So let's, so let's get into it. What do you got to do to build a, a successful tribe and movement? Rich, do you want to add anything? I feel like I don't want to be, I don't want to be. The well, you're the tribe, you're the tribe expert, but I will just say that, that just as an example, uh, Christy's in the weight loss space. So like, you know, that's a, that's a big kind of just, you know, everyone's doing a weight loss thing or whatever, but, but when she learned how to, I mean, there's more than, I mean, it's tribe building, but it's also learning how to, to take advantage of leverage and, you know, she was trying to just work harder. That's all she knew how to do. So like literally she hit the point where she was making like 30 to $35,000 a year. And she, Natasha said, there's no reason you shouldn't be making at least six figures. And she, she said, I don't know how that's possible because I'm doing everything I can already. I'm already working so much that I don't have any extra time. It's killing my marriage. And so Natasha started teaching her how to use things like Facebook groups to get in front of large groups of people and not have to be one-on-one all the time and still, and then be able to spread her message even more. And that's really where, you know, where she was able to turn and we tripled her prices and just things like that. So, you know, that's true. That's true. So I mean, there are several prongs to it. But but I mean, I just wanted to kind of pre-frame the, you know, then the tribe building, that's where, that's where you just end up getting in these situations where people are so hot that, you know, just as a quick example in our challenge and in in some of our other clients that have done challenges, um, we have seen where someone may have a, a show up or an email open rate of like, you know, 12% or something. When you get people into like a tribe situation, it goes up to like 60%. Your show up rates on your webinars go go up to 50 to 60%. Your close rates go double. So, I mean, it's, it's all the stuff that Natasha teaches about how to build that relationship with people, which I'll let you get into now. But I mean, that's why it's important to pay attention to like what those things are, because if you're looking, if you're having a hard time, you can be a ninja at all types of conversion tactics and tricks. But the thing that really tips the scale is when you can get people, I mean, we've heard it a million times, the, the get people to know, like, and trust you, but it really, this is a mechanism to make that happen. And it's not, and it's not just getting to know, like, and trust you, because that's what a lot of people say. We've got to get our, our list to know, like, and trust us. But it's also about creating a community. It, it gets, it, it creates like this family atmosphere where like we're having an event in October and like everyone's peer pressuring each other to go to this event because like they want it because it's a family reunion. And so people are all wanting to ascend together, which is also super magic. You're getting people to, to know, like, and trust one another. And, uh, and that makes a really, uh, makes for a really powerful community and movement. You guys are building, you guys are building an incredible amount of anticipation here. Okay. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> so, okay. So, how do, all right, so how do we build a tribe? So first of all, you kind of have to figure out the us versus them concept. And I know y'all are very familiar with that, but it is, it is, that is so important. It's like, what are you, what are you moving towards? What are you moving against? Having that, having that in mind. I mean, that's not just some sort of fluff BS. It's, it's true because you're trying to encourage people to go somewhere and leave something else behind. So I think that's the first um, that's the first thing. The second thing is 
who do you actually want in your tribe? Because I think so many people are still all about like, I just want everyone in my community or I want to sell to everyone. And that really just, it doesn't work. And it definitely doesn't work for tribe building. Like you have to, you have to know that these certain people are the right folks and these other people aren't. Can you, can you get, can you get rid of people from your tribe? For example, like I've had a hard time leaving Dean behind. (laughs) He just, he won't go. And so maybe there's a tip later on you can share to help me with that. (laughs) Sometimes he's just horrible, isn't he? (laughs) It still doesn't work. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So yeah. So um, yeah, you can always show him the door. We always set clear community guidelines. We have community standards. Do you all have standards? Yeah, but uh, I'm, I'm thinking that's probably a really good idea now. <laughs> <laughs> so if people are icky, we like, you know, and, and if they, they, we have a three strike policy, then they're gone. They're gone. And we just remove them from our groups. And let's see, what else did we, oh, the manifesto. The manifesto is key. Um, and it has to be something that other people are going to resonate with. It's not just something that you resonate with. These things take a little bit of time, but it's so well worth it. Just like Rich said on the conversion numbers, like just from that perspective, it's well worth the time. So Christy has a manifesto. We have a manifesto. Like there's you know, a, a way for people to recognize one another. We do wristbands. And like when we're out, we see these, these, our tribe members are like actually wearing this stuff. It's not just, you know, you wear the t-shirt to the concert. They're actually wearing it out and about just randomly. And um, that's, that's one thing I want to also throw in here that we, we made kind of a shift. We used to be solely online and we would uh, promote, we, you know, our first event, we had people flying in from other countries and stuff and all around the U S but then we, we actually started building a tribe locally too. So if you're in a position to actually do that locally as well, it really adds fuel to the fire for, for the people all all around the world too. Yeah, Hmm. absolutely. I mean, I'm such a huge fan of these local events or even, even if it's things like, you know, an, at least an annual event where these family members can come and see one another. Um, I think that's really, really, really powerful. And, um, Going live to your community is also something that's big that we've been doing with all of our clients that are doing very well and building their tribe and and doing these challenges because it's, I think that you end up losing something when you are doing it automated. Um, And so hopefully there's going to be soon, I hear a rumor of some sort of a cool software that's coming out that will enable you to take a video and make it appear live. So I think that that might help with the leverage front. But um, that's another thing that we've done um, using lives in our in our Facebook groups to really build that relationship factor. All right. So so can I can I zero in on this, uh, the concept of the manifesto? I want to hear like for, for the people listening to this, can you sort of describe little bit more detail, like what that is and how to create it, because that sounds like such a central piece to what you're talking about. Yeah. So, um, so a manifesto is like a, a set of guiding principles that the group will 
relate to, resonate with, and adopt as their own. So it's like a this is our this is who we are. And so for us, um, I will um, I'll just give you a few lines from ours. Um, we actually have people that are printing out and framing the manifesto. They want them on pillows. They want them on canvases. Like this is how much they are ingraining this in as a core essential of who they are. And so um, so the first few lines of ours is we're unstoppable influencers. We share our God-given gifts with the world. We're experts in our field. We're on a mission to positively influence people's lives. So come along for the ride or get out of our way. So that's just, a, and there's some, uh, there's some other things. We're perfectly imperfect. We tackle fear and self-doubt like a boss. So we're showing them this is a, a way of operating. So the mm-hmm. way that I did this, um, I really kind of set out, and I actually wrote my, my own personal manifesto first. Like, how do I do life? And like for you as an individual, you wrote yes. it out like, this is Natasha's manifesto. Yes, I sure did. Huh. And a lot of the things that came from my personal manifesto, and I got it like a graphic designer to make it all pretty. Um, and I and I started sharing it with people and then they wanted it um, because that was a set of principles that they liked. So a lot of my own personal um, values has been infused into our Unstoppable Influencer manifesto. And one thing that I'll point out is that you heard me say, we share our God-given gifts with the world. Oh my gosh, I said the G word. Like, don't be afraid to be polarizing and whatever that is, because that's just, that brings the community closer together um, and it will repel the people that aren't going to resonate with your message. Mm, yeah. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah, I love the I love this side of uh, people and marketing. You know, like you guys have been in this game a long time, and and I've been around quite a few years. And it, there seems to have been a shift. Would you guys agree with that over the last few years, or maybe maybe we just maybe I just hang out Absolutely. with better people? But I, I people used to avoid any kind of conversation with religious views, politics, anything used to be avoided. And nowadays you see like a bit of a different style in people there. People are more forthcoming and willing to be themselves because they understand now that I don't want to spend time with people that don't like agree with who I am or my beliefs. Like if you don't, if you if you're not like me, that's cool, but you don't have to come and hang out in my club. Right. Right. I love it. I mean, it makes like, this is something that, you know, we've been doing for a while. Um, I remember I remember uh, Russell Brunton came into our live event. This was back in 2013. And all of the people, uh, all of our clients, it was a small event. There were like 28 people there. Um, And Russell walks in and they're all wearing cowboy hats. And they are singing. They've changed the lyrics to a song to be about the program that we created. They have temporary tattoos on (laughs) their, uh, of our logo on their arms. And then, then they bring out, are you ready for this? They bring out a cake with the our logo on it, singing "Happy Anniversary" to the program that they bought. This was back no in 2013, and all of a sudden, like I could see the lights like flashing in Russell's mind. He's like, "Wait a second! Like, how do you get people to like tattoo your logo on them?" And <laughs> I think that I and I and I'm so happy to see so many people have shifted to that. I think it's partially it's social media that's fueled this. Well, it's just become necessary too. Cause like it used to be uh, just all about the transactions, you know, just try to get as many leads as you can and get as many sales. But, you know, 
first of all, there's so many more people doing this stuff now. I mean, it used to be a lot, you know, there was a lot less noise going on, but it really, you had to become more authentic and more just real in order to attract the kind of people that are actually going to resonate with you. Right. And it's easy to do it. I mean, it really is. I mean, if you, I mean, as long as you are committed to doing this and it's not just a once and done transactional sort of thing, um, you know, it's actually really easy with things like Facebook Live, Facebook groups, um, these Insta stories, like all of these these connection points where people can come along for the journey with you. They want to be a part of it. Like we're launching our book on Amazon and we've got all these people that are so excited about the launch. And they're like, what number are we at right now? Like we, mm-hmm. like they, they have taken ownership of the book um, because because they see that we're a part of a movement and that's what's so powerful. So, I mean, I'm so happy that this transition has happened because it's going to weed out all the shysters and have all the really just great people that are serving in a big way. And I love it. Hmm. Yeah, That's awesome. So, so do you think, do you think that the very, very first step in all of this for somebody is either writing that personal manifesto or writing the manifesto for, their values and beliefs for their for their tribe and their business? Absolutely. I mean, I think a personal manifesto is the first, who are you and what's important to you? And then after you've done that, and I started off with a list of like 60 things, and then I kind of whittled it down to like, what's the, you know, 15 to 20 most important things? And then I start thinking, what are the characteristics of the people that I want to spend my time with? And so, and that becomes, your manifesto kind of becomes a beacon for all the other people that resonate to come to you. Hmm. That's amazing. So um, I don't know, Dean, maybe we need a Just the Tips manifesto. Yeah, oh, I think you that talk- would be good. And tattoos that we can put on our asses. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You read my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I do this podcast with you. <laughs> so, uh, so, so you guys, if... Um, so I want to I want to give people like a, a way to connect with you if they want to uh, really take this to heart and start applying it to their business because this sounds like an incredible amplification technique, right? Because you could be talking to you know five people in a room or you could be talking to you know fifty thousand people online and it's the same message, but how you get it out there is like something that you guys sounds like you guys have really figured out a formula for. So what's what's a way for people to connect and learn more about you guys and learn more about these strategies and techniques and stuff that you guys are using. Yeah. If you want to see this in action, if you want to see like how it actually works, um, when you put it into practice, you can go to unstoppableinfluence.com forward slash challenge. Um, and, uh, and you'll be able to kind of see how we've put all of these pieces together and how we're actually, how we're building a tribe around the world, um, and using the manifesto and all of that good stuff. So, um, and then also, if you want to, if you want to check out the book, you can just it's available on Amazon. It's called Unstoppable Influence: Be You, Be Fearless, Transform Lives. That's amazing. Yeah. Awesome. So, from car washes and law firms to influencing people to change their <laughs> lives. Car car washes. I love it. I love it. Rich, yeah. Rich the car washer for, forevermore. Rich is getting like I'm going to see Rich and I'm going to ask him t- tips and details on how to get you know the streaks out of my windows on my on my windshield. 
Speaking of which, what? Why is my car dirty right now? If you were a car washer, what's going on? I retired. <laughs> <laughs> he has a he has a, a very high ticket offer, um, and he he only washes cars for extremely lucrative uh, amounts of money. So, um, well, it's it's uh, it's it's so cool to see you guys doing this together. Can you talk maybe for a minute or two? Um, like what? What is that like? You know, you guys are are married. You have family. You know, you're you're in business together. You get tired of each other. Like, is that okay for me to ask that? <laughs> See, he wasn't happy ending the show. No comment. No. Happy and you know, even as a couple, was he? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting. People are like, you know, oh, I could never work with my spouse or whatever. But I mean, literally, we've only had. We've been together like what thirteen years almost, or is it like fifty? It, yeah, feels it seems like a like hundred, but. Um, but like literally we only had like six months out of that whole time where we weren't in business of some sort. So like, like I can't even, I don't really even know. I don't even remember what we talked about back then, but we love, I mean, basically we love it. Although there's the, uh, the boundaries are sometimes, uh, blurred a little bit. It'll be two in the morning and Natasha will be like, I just got an email about X, Y, Z. And I'm like, all right. Settle down. <laughs> so uh, we got to go no, to sleep. No, he puts it off on me. No, <laughs> let me tell you. No, what I hear is, hey, Natasha, I need you to create um, this uh, post so I can run it as a Facebook ad. It's like 1.30. I'm like, seriously, dude? Are you giving me to-do list items in bed? So anyways, uh, <laughs> so it's it's great. But yeah, um, we, we have our own offices in the house and um, – yeah, it's hard. I guess I guess the biggest challenge and I think that we're still working through is the boundaries because like we love what we do, but like I think that we definitely we just started uh as of Saturday. We're like we're doing date night like every week. <laughs> and we just need to like go and I mean, although even when we're trying not to talk business, like we still talk business, but like if it could just be 20% of the conversation on date night <laughs> instead of like a hundred, that's like a win for us, but it's super rewarding. I mean, it's, it's, it's fun and I don't really get tired of him really. Well, well that's good. I, uh, I know there's a quote that I heard at one point that said something about the, uh, the master in the art of living makes little distinction between his work and his play. And, uh, it sounds like, you know, maybe that's not even a problem you guys need to solve. Seem, yeah. seems like things are working well. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I feel like I feel like at some point in the future we need to have like an entirely separate episode where we talk about the strategies that you guys have used to create the business together. We just uh cuz we just really talked about the movement stuff today which I think was really important, but I'm sure there's a lot of, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs out there who are working together but it's causing them stress and yeah. um whatever's caused you guys to be successful for, you know, 13 or 50 or 100 years or whatever, how long <laughs> you guys have been married uh, is, is really unclear at this point. Or if you but would like you... to both come back individually without the other one there so you could truly open up about how you feel. <laughs> yeah, well, I got, I got, I got, the, uh, I got the question that's really going to help us understand how things work. Whose office in the house are you guys recording this podcast <laughs> in right now? Mine. Ah, there we go. <laughs> Rich knows what he's doing. Um <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, Dean, is there anything else that you want to touch on before we jump uh, jump off the uh, off the airwaves? Here? No, no. Um, amazing show as always. I feel there's so much more to share, but uh, don't know if I'm fulfilled or happy that you're leaving as a happy married couple still at the end of the show. This is this <laughs> is new for us. Chance. 
This is new. Well, you'll have another chance. We'll come right. back on. We got to take another whack at this one. Yeah, here. yeah. I'll <laughs> try again. Yeah, these guys are too divide tight, and man. conquer. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We need to regroup and figure out how to deal with this. <laughs> the force is strong um, in these ones. <laughs> well, uh, well, Natasha and Rich, thank you guys so much yeah. uh, for being here today. I love, I love what you're doing. I love the simplicity, but the powerful uh, strategies that you're, you guys are using. Um, for anybody who wants to connect with uh, Natasha and Rich, go to unstoppableinfluence.com forward slash challenge or pick up a copy of their book, Unstoppable Influence. Um, thank you guys again so much for being on the show. We appreciate you. And uh, for all of our listeners, make sure you're subscribing, make sure you're sharing the show, and we will talk to you guys next time. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to get free from the day-to-day operations of your business while making more money, visit me at jamespfreel.com forward slash autopilot. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.